You know, sometimes we like to switch it up. We I like liked it. it I liked it. You I, got me. I, you know, I don't love not having a challenge to discuss, but no, uh, it's not great. Soon enough, it was soon just enough. it was well, a reminder of the pain, really. But uh, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. It was fun, and I'm here for it. Everybody needs a little love season, even soccer. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, should we? Do you want to jump into some shows? Yeah, I do. We got a, we got a lot of shows to cover this week. We sort of like this is the most networky uh, television week I think we've done in a very very long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't uh, watch a single one on the network itself, but th- it is a networky week. <laughs> yeah, but you, I mean, I think that's certainly one of the themes of the shows that we're, I guess we'll start talking about is you don't actually need to watch them on a network. Uh, to tell that they are on a network. You know what I mean? Even some of them that will never air on the network uh, definitely feel like they're from a network. I feel, I mean? In so, fact, I would say <laughs> if I had to grade these on networkiness, the one that is not even available on a network is by far the networkiest. <laughs> I think that's true. But that Can we just, just start there? To- yeah, that's just we're that, we're talking about how I met your father. I'm almost certain that you're yes, um, and the networkiness of it, right, is is mostly down to one thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have it's a me- thing in mind when you say that, but I, I, I well, I have all right, two well, things, we'll see. Actually. Maybe, maybe. Okay, sorry. So, all right, so that that premise is out the window. But here's my one thing to me. Um, you know, obviously there are other networking things, but the thing that is most obvious and noticeable is that there is a laugh track of the show. Yes, right. So, yeah, although um, I have to say, and I'm and I apologize because I generally have no ill will towards her, but I have to say that the incredibly bad acting of Hillary Duff is also a networky thing. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think like I'm not here to say she was good, but I didn't think she was like. I wasn't distracted by her bad acting up the ballet. Maybe it's partially her, just that it's a bad character too. I like I spoiler alert. I thought this sh- of all the shows we've ever watched, uh, this one stands out to me as just bad TV, just not <laughs> enjoyable bad TV. Poorly written, mediocre acting at best, just maybe one laugh a show. 
And a show with a laugh track with no real laughs is like painfully awful. Yeah. I mean, look, look, the original How I Met Your Mother had a laugh track. It's one of those things I think that people you sort of put out of your mind sometimes. Well, no. I mean, it's so it's two things. Number one, yes, it had a laugh track, but that was at a time where the laugh track was a thing that was much less noticeable to the ear because almost every show had a laugh track, right? Yeah. Like, well, and now I think we're currently in a space where, and, and I don't know this because I don't watch the shows, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure every CBS comedy is still using the laugh track. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never seen Young Sheldon, but I guess it probably does have a laugh track. But I, I oh, don't. You know, I take that back. Young Sheldon, is, Young Sheldon would be the exception because I have seen Young Sheldon and it doesn't. Oh. But like, you know, like if you're watching The Neighborhood or uh-huh. Bob Art Abishola, none of which I've ever watched. Um, well, then why I, do you I, presume they have laugh tracks? I, you could just tell, <laughs> right? Can't you? Well, I mean, I guess, but I would have thought that Young Sheldon had a laugh track. Young Sheldon, uh, I mean, having seen it, it's, yeah, I mean, it's not a single camera sitcom like those other ones are. I think maybe that's a big part of it. You know what I mean? Maybe. Uh, Oh, sorry. It is a single camera sitcom. Right. It's not a a three camera. (laughs) Yes. Look, I just, I don't think you can't be good and have a laugh track in 2022. Wow. That's the first time I've said that. Uh, (laughs) But. This isn't good. Yeah. I I mean, like, I don't know what else to say about it almost. It's, I'm incredibly disappointed because one of the great things about the original is that it is really, really funny. It's really well written. And all the characters yeah. besides Ted, because the central male character of these sitcoms, or in this case, female character, is always going to be boring and, and uh, cheesy. Yeah, same way Ross was, you know, that's just what it is. But yeah. Yeah. the other no, characters. I was going to really say, well, like, like the Hillary Duff character being bad, that sort of fits in the show, right? Like, it does. she's kind of the dead of the show. Yeah. It, <laughs> yes, she is. You're right. And that kind of fits. I don't think she is as good at being that person as Josh Radner was or as David Schwimmer was. But it's the rest of the show that is supposed to do the funny stuff, and it doesn't. It just it just literally doesn't. I don't know what to say. I can't imagine anyone thinks it's really funny. Like maybe some people chuckled a little more than me at a few of the jokes, but like it's just not very good. Yeah, I think I am one of those people. I would say I chuckled more than you at a few of the jokes, um, but it's I'm not here to defend it in any way from anything that you're saying. Like it's not yeah. it's not a it's not a particularly good show. You can you can feel the notes coming off of it, um, the network notes. Yes, and 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 it's uh, almost it, it it just reeks of someone had this idea and then it got networked like they networked the fuck out of it because some dude who had who didn't like How I Met Your Mother but who realized how popular it was tried to graft how i met your mother onto this yeah yeah and like you can see some of the spirit in the heart of the original show in this but it's really just buried under uh, a pile of lame (laughs) yes it's incredibly lame it's so lame (laughs) the show has no edge it's it is a dead fish 
Yeah, yeah. That is a, that's, that's a good way to put it. It's a, it's a dead fish. And I, look, to me, all of these three shows that we're talking about, and I think we could probably segue to, to the other two now, it's like, yeah. it's kind of like just not quite funny enough, you know what I mean, for, for me. Well, um, would you like to hear about – okay, on, on that note, let's talk Abbott Elementary because this is something that we only decided to watch because so many people thought it was so good. Yeah. Right. I I guess I get it in as much as this is a kind of show that is very popular – done pretty well by a largely black cast in a mainstream way. And I support that. And it is, I find Abbott Elementary totally enjoyable. But I don't think it is necessarily like groundbreaking in an artistic way. It may be groundbreaking in like this is this has always been white. The, these shows, you know, whether it's The Office or whatever other thing you want to compare it to, like, black artists haven't gotten to do this, which is a damn shame. And Quinta Brunson, I think, did a good version of it. But it really is a formulaic sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not... I, I like... The, the way that it's not formulaic is that, right, Like, like you said, this is... We haven't seen black people, you know, get to do this show. Right. Which makes the stories different. So the stories, the stories are not formulaic, but the formula is formulaic, if that makes sense. Right. Right. But also that, also that it's, you know, a lot of times when you say that, you know, it's like, it's almost like the show is screaming like representation at you. You know what I mean? Where I don't think this one is like, no, it's. you wouldn't know from this universe that there was, you know, that it's sort of one of the first shows traveling down this path. It's just kind of being the show that it is, which I, that part I like. And I, I like think I the said, writing is good. Yeah. Yes, I, I think, think it's well executed. But like, yeah. I, to give you an idea of what I'm saying, I have seen four to seven episodes of The Office in my whole life, and I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this. It's not for me because I don't love this sort of you know, mockumentary show. It's just been done to death for me. Um, Did you watch Modern Family? No. I don't like these shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. And, right. and it's not that I dislike them. I just, like, like we say all the time on this show, it's such a crowded landscape. Like, I, you got to make some priority choices at some point, and I just don't watch this sort of show for the most part. It's just yeah, not really I, my thing. I think the format works. Like, I get why they do it. Obviously, um, it works. People love it. Lots of people. Lots right. of people whose opinions I respect. It's just not. That's yeah. why I say, like, this is perfectly well done. I don't have complaints about Abbott Elementary. I, I'm just not going to watch it. Right. And look, that's the thing is, like, I don't, there's not much wrong with this to me. Like, I, I get why some people are attracted to it. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't make me laugh enough. Anywhere near enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I will say this. For me to keep watching, I got, that's what I need. I need, I need, I just got to be funny. Yeah, I will say this. It, I imagine, like, as it finds its stride more and develops its characters more, there will be more, like, out loud laughs because they have some very funny people here, and th- the writing is good. Yeah, the writing is very good. They, and, these, and the characters, 
are not cardboard in the way that, you know, like exactly. the people on How I Met Your Mother are uh, avatars. You know, yes, for... <laughs> and, they're, and they're not like obnoxiously cheesy either, which like, uh, again, is somewhat of an achievement, I think, for a network show like this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys, we made Barney a woman this time, and she's Mexican. <laughs> like, and you know it because on, she guys. says she's Mexican right. in the pilot. Even though she's the the sister of somebody else, and then there's like another Barney, maybe, except he's a British guy who's like right. lovably right. clueless instead of super suave. I don't know. Yeah, see, we're gonna split the Barney up. We're gonna make yeah. one the outrageously horny one, and we'll make the other one the one that wears suits. And, right. Uh, boom. Two Barneys. Two Barneys, boom. and kind of two Teds too, because I don't really understand what what's his face is. Uh, being asked to do here chris lowell yeah it's yeah. a bummer yeah. for, for chris lowell frankly it uh, is a bummer for chris lowell because i'm just sure he was thinking that this show was going to get picked up and uh yeah chris lowell deserves better and yeah, I, I have a feeling we'll get that's what i would say uh all right so the third of the network sitcoms this week i actually think i enjoyed pivoting the most of these now Ooh, okay I'm not sure if that's a comment on anything other than enjoying. Can I, can I guess what you're going to say next? Yes. You really like Eliza Coop. I love Eliza Coop. <laughs> is that on brand? I, like that is on brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love. I love like uh, sarcastic. You know, uh, slightly sociopathic ladies on on television comedies. Um, and I think it helps that the guy who plays her husband, his name is Tommy Dewey. I, I don't recall ever seeing him before, but he plays really well off of her as someone who would love uh, this slightly sociopathic woman. And also, it's fun to see Jennifer Goodwin do like a sort of slightly different thing. Yeah, I man, I feel like I don't know who cast this show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like they brought her into the beginning and she did a good job and everyone's like, high fives, look, look, look at the show we got here. And then it was like, all right, cool. Let's go home. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. That's why I say like, it's the one I liked the best. I don't know that it's better than certainly. I don't know that it's better than Abbott elementary. Um, but I, I did just. I, I had fun with Eliza Coop. That's uh, it. Might not be anything more than that. I, she she just makes me laugh. Yeah, even if it's yeah, not the best written thing, she makes me laugh. I just there wasn't. I mean, I think this show is trying pretty hard. Like it gets pretty risque at times. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Un you know, unlike How is, I Met Your Father, this show definitely has an edge. Yeah, it has an edge. That much I will say. Uh, I just don't know that it, it, they always pull it off, and I think that one of the things that really bothered me about this show is it's set in Long Island, um, which is an extremely specific place, right? Like you've yeah. got very specific accents, yeah. a very specific <laughs> vibe. You know what I mean? And yeah. I know where you're going. Cause they did. They just, they didn't do any of that. Long Island is just no. like small town America. So it's like, why put it in Long Island? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I yeah. shooting it in California. It doesn't look like Long Island. Look, I don't know if... Random exterior shots. I don't know if it's uh, 
it just hasn't gotten yet, there yet, but that's a valid criticism. <laughs> I found it really distracting. Like, they could have just said Ohio, you know what I mean, or whatever. And uh, well, I'll say this. not quite so specific, and it would have been fine. Yeah, I did not track that. So you just informed me that it takes place in Long Island because there's nothing to indicate that other than apparently maybe they said it once or twice. They said it once or twice, uh, right? Now, Liza Coop's character works for that morning TV show, so it's kind of like present whenever they go to anything dealing with that, which is not that often. I didn't, yeah, I did, like, but, nobody's really working on this show. I don't even know, does, <laughs> I, I guess Jennifer Goodwin well, doesn't Maggie work. Maggie Q's really working. Maggie Q is really working, right? That's a big part of the plot. <laughs> yes, yeah, but not really working, you know what I mean? <laughs> but we know what she does, we know what she did, and we know what she does, and she still kind of, kind of does the thing that she used to do, too, it seems like, so I don't really know. Weird. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, I laughed at all that stuff. It's dumb, but I laughed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you really like. Are you going to continue to watch this show? You're probably not, right? Uh, 50-50. I could say, like, now that it's in my, you know, watch again queue or whatever, or keep watching queue, like, I could see one night watching three or four in a row before I go to bed or something, you know? Gotcha. I could definitely see that happening. And, like, I really enjoyed her grocery co-workers. I enjoy the the trainer. Like I just, I don't know. I found this more enjoyable. Like it's clearly the, the this and Abbott Elementary are both clearly better than How I Met Your Father. Um, for whatever reason, this is more my type of show. I think than Abbott Elementary is. Yeah, I uh, I I think I probably prefer Abbott Elementary. I think it's a little bit better for a hang, and I think it has a higher ceiling. Um, I probably agree that it has a higher ceiling. And I'll say this, like with both of these shows, it's the sort of thing where if the trailer looks appealing to you, you're probably going to like it. Cause it's, it's like, it's not bad. Yeah. 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 So that's fair. I, uh, I could see myself checking back on Abbott elementary at some point to see if it's kind of like, you know, oh, progressing. Yeah, a little laugh out loud sense. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other, you know, pivoting, I'm probably done. And uh, How I Met Your Father, I'm uh, going to pretend I never watched. Yes. Um, flip the top two, and I'm uh, we're, we're on similar pages here. <laughs> I I really, man, I, you know what? I think, I think you nailed it. Like, I think the Greta Gerwig, Right, I think that that the original version of the show was probably too Greta Gerwig, and some network people got in there, yeah. uh, and were like, "Well, we're not doing that. We're gonna do we're gonna do something that fits next to the neighborhood." You know what I mean? Right. But also, let's <laughs> make sure that we like do token representation things, and we're, we're like, we we got to take the you know uh, men's right activist bite out of Barney. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, like, uh, uh, to be fair, agreed, but also, like, you could have done it in a funny way, not by just splitting his personality into a horny lady and a weird Englishman. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't think I don't know. This is it's a running debate with my uh, my my mom is a podcast listener, and I like I don't know that it's so bad to make a show about terrible people. Like, no, I, I agree. Quite good. I agree. Like, don't be afraid to let your characters be terrible. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, look, I think if we go back, and I haven't in a while, but if we go back and watch How I Met Your Mother, I think there are probably some things that are problematic in a laughing at trauma sort of way when it comes to Barney. That being said, like, A, it was a different time, and B, it was a little edgy at that time, which is why it was funny. Right. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. Uh, so, and- can we talk about a show that is, I think, the best show we watched this week, with all due respect to Ozark. Ooh, hot take. Let, let, me, let me hear. I just, I guess maybe I missed some some old good old-fashioned small-town Duplass in my life because I just find this show so delightful, and it it's emotional and... Like the characters are just very sort of heartfelt. I was gonna say real. I don't know how real they are. I think they're probably there are real stories like this because some people end up in towns that they like shouldn't be in, and it's not that easy to just move to the big city. And God, I it is on how I met your father. <laughs> right. I, I, I feel for the it, the show is somebody somewhere on HBO. There have been two episodes. I don't know if you watched both of them. Uh, I did. Yeah. I, I just think it's so it's just as the best Duplass indie stuff is for me. It is a really sincere exploration of what. You know, normal people's. Not normal, but like regular people, specific, right? like that's, regular, that's yeah, specific people in in sort of everyday circumstances. It's and it, I just think it's so thoughtful and clever and funny. And God, the Zumba scene had me laughing and crying at the same time. I I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, it's very duplass. I don't, I have zero. Uh, criticisms of this show. I, I guess it's that there's like one thing I would say. We've it's just that we've seen them do this before. You know what I mean? Like it's I, to me, it's just another. Hey, it's the plaster with normal people who are also like a little weird. You know, they're a little outsidery. Um, but all of that shit works, man. Like I've loved every one of those shows, <laughs> and this and this one is no exception. Like it. It really like it is super sincere, uh, but not. It's never treacly or sentimental necessarily. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's just, certainly never cheesy. Yeah, it. But like, it's also like, uh, you know, like I think it gets. It it, it feels very real and lived in, and, and it kind of gets the small town vibe for good and for bad. Yeah, the characters are great. Um, and where do they find these people, man? It's sort of a marvel of casting as well. The guy, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his first name, so I can't look it up, but his last name is Hiller, which I remember because a family in my hometown growing up had that name. Uh, he's not part of the, the family, um, <laughs> if anyone was curious. <laughs> the Evanston Hillers. Uh, Jeff Hiller is his name. Who plays Joel? Um, she's he's he's just wonderful, man. He's just wonderful, and 
I mean, look, Bridget Everett is great, but a, an actor like the guy who plays her dad, his name is Mike Haggerty, who's one of those guys, feels like a Chicago guy. I haven't verified that, but he does um, feel like a Chicago. I agree. <laughs> yeah, he just he has uh, he he's. He's always like a weird blue collar guy with a mustache. And and here he is again in a very similar role. Uh I I think he's great. And everyone, like you said, is so sincere, but not like overly so. Just sincere in the way that real people are. Yeah. Um yeah. it's it's really wonderful. I I love it. And it's not uh, by the way, he was in fact born in Chicago, Illinois. His, according to his Wikipedia page, he is known for his mustache and thick Chicago accent. <laughs> yeah, U, U of I grad. Um, I'm sorry, UIC. Even better, UIC grad. Tremendous. What was what was the HBO show that they did? I'm totally blanking on the name now. The Duplasses. Um The Room 104. Not Room 104. The one before that. The one oh, that was very with Melanie Linsky. Yeah. Uh, and it I, starts like, with a T, I want to say. I'm forgetting the name as well. Is that right? What? Togetherness? Was yes. it togetherness? Or together. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, like when you go oh back to Oh my God. Show, Did you know that what? Melanie Linsky was married to Jimmy Simpson <laughs> in the mid 2000s? I did not know that, no. And is now married to Jason Ritter. Fascinating. Wow. Didn't know that um, about Melanie Linsky. Okay, uh, uh, the show was called. Do, 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 do. Togetherness was correct. Togetherness, yeah. Yes. Like God, that was five years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah, but you think about like the home runs they hit with that casting, right? With yep. with a bunch of like normal looking people, basically, you yep. know, and you know, I mean, it was. To me, I think it's kind of what's kicked off this sort of Melanie Linsky career revival. The uh, the the mel, mel, melanissance? I don't know. I'll work yeah. on that. Melanissance? That's not <laughs> that, but then it's a, it almost it sounds a little Melania, and, I, and that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, <laughs> it, it it doesn't fit great. But like Steve Zissou, like I think yeah. that was the, his role, right? Um, you know, just uh, those guys just I think really have a good feel for. Uh, talent and for who's going to work sort of in there. Well, that dude, that dude who you just called the name of a Bill Murray film character. Uh, and I don't remember his real name. Oh, um, is it not that it's not Zisu? Well, Steve Zisu is why don't, the, why life aquatic, the life aquatic with Steve Zisu. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't remember what the guy you're talking what about. What is that guy's name? Uh, Steve Zissus. Zissus. Okay. All right. Yeah. At least I was in the ballpark. Don't get yeah. old kids. I think he was like a childhood friend of theirs, but either way, they find these people. And and Jeff Hiller is the one that stands out the most in this show, but like all the people that she meets at uh choir practice, you know? That it it all feels very true and exploring these people's complicated lives, you know, like there's something to the comfort of the feeling that like everyone's life is relentless and difficult, <laughs> you know, it's comforting. Yeah. Cause I think to an extent that's true. Like everyone has, everyone comes up against challenging circumstances and like 
seeing those challenging circumstances rendered very plainly uh, and and in a heartfelt, sincere way is special. I think. Um, I would agree. There's there's a, uh, a special vibe about this show, and it's definitely one that uh, I'm going to watch all the way through, and uh, and I'm pretty excited about. Um, uh, that Zumba scene, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do some Zumba? Is yeah. is one of the yeah. best? Like we just repaired our friendship lines I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yep. and then they do the Zumba. They do in, some in Zumba. The <laughs> oh man! Uh, and um, his whole his whole like presence, Jeff Hiller. You know the way he, the way they make fun of his hand motion when he's like just. Eh, I don't know. The, yeah. I I just I find it very charming. Yeah, yeah. I, it's charming is 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 the perfect word for it. Um, you want to talk about Ozark? You're damn right, I do. Because I, I'm only two <laughs> episodes in, but uh, I, like I said, <laughs> saying that I loved somebody somewhere the most this week. I mean, it had the advantage of being brand new. Ozark is still like. I don't it's really difficult I think to have an ending as dramatic as last season's where and you know spoiler alert but if you haven't seen the end of last season at this point that's not really my fault uh a lady gets shot in the head in the like the final moments of the season right and not just any lady a lady whose death is dramatically going to affect everyone's circumstances right mm-hmm. and I think they managed to return like to come back without losing any of the momentum from that ending yeah well look it was a smart choice to leave no time gap yeah right like like the new season picks up literal moments after that i went back and watched the last one Uh uh-huh um of last season uh before i started this one so so that that became very apparent to me and let me tell you like that uh that moment even when you know it's coming yeah is still shocking you know what yeah, i mean yeah it's jarring it <laughs> it's still like holy shit and i knew it was going to happen yep um so um you know well done on those parts and it just picks right up you right know what up. i mean like there is there's no another break. another long time character that meets a, a Sudden untimely end in these episodes. Yeah, um, you know maybe not as important, but uh, that moment is very uh, visceral and ah, uh, and like the the show just keeps ratcheting up the tension. Um, and you know so many of the characters. I mean, every member of that family uh, is really interesting in their own right. You know what I mean? And they make interesting choices. They play off each other in interesting ways. Um, yeah. They all mess with each other in interesting ways. Uh, you know, well, the, bad, the bad people are whole. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's such a well-made show. Laura Linney also is full, has gone full Breaking Bad at this point. Like, she is yeah. a monster. <laughs> she is. Like she's definitely the scariest of, of all of them, right? No doubt, and she's so, such a monster that she can't like break out of monster mode to like appropriately handle her son, right? She's just a full-on gangster at this point, basically. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I um, 
you know, uh, spoiler, I guess. I guess it's a spoiler. I don't even know. You know, Jonah is now uh, working with, uh, you know, the the other side a little bit with the the heroine. And her, like, motherly response is basically to just, like, threaten him. Yes. (laughs) She treats him like a a subordinate gangster. It's crazy. And Jason Bateman is, like, trying to be like, yo, chill, be a mother. And he can't get through to her at all. Like the it's cra- and, and just the way all the characters have developed over the course of the show, um, and I think it, you know it's funny. It reflects back on like you wonder why is Jason Bateman doing this in the first place at the beginning of the show, and you see clearly part of the answer is because he's trying to satisfy his psychotically ambitious wife. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. and she is. I mean. That's the thing. I mean, look, obviously some of this stuff was there from the beginning, but like you said, even with her and like, kind of like, uh, you see the journey that she's, I mean, she's had some terrible things happen that terrible. put her in the place that she's currently in. Like, no you doubt. know what I mean? So it's, um, you know, like all of that is really earned. There's also that great scene where, um, you know, in that where they're, they're talking about it and, and Jason Raven's like, he's laundering at 14, and she's like, don't be proud of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought Bateman played it really well, too, because you sort yeah. of see, like, just the slightest smile as he's saying it. Yeah. Like, wow. He's in, he's definitely impressed, and she's like, don't yeah. be proud. Uh, yeah, and, and she, when she puts it out there like that, you can see his face kind of change, like, oh, shit, I'm busted. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was great. It was great. Yeah. And, and look, I, I'm interested in the – plotline with the FBI agent who seems to be coming more involved and you know what Jonah is going to end up doing and really like the just the general security of Ruth with psychotic old Darlene running things is fascinating as well like there are so many things I'm interested in I have no doubt this is going to be an excellent final season yeah my god if Ruth winds up dying at some point I'm just not don't say that don't even put that out in the world Not not our Ruth, please. <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it. Um, I was thinking but, uh, though, like, can you see this show ending with both Jason Bateman and Laura Linney alive? Because I just can't imagine it. One of them has to die, right? At least. I don't know if I would say has to die, but or at least like end up in jail for life. I could see some. You're right. I'm gonna, I was gonna say I could see uh, uh, an outcome in which they're living but paying a brutal price. For, right. <laughs> for that. Like it's you just, know what I mean. It's hard to see this whole family getting out of this clean. Right. Right. You know what I mean. And it's like like there there really isn't a pathway, which is why when like you know like one of the the power broker dude is asking wendy like what do you want she's basically like i want all the elections in the midwest to run through me right hey it's it's very suiting of the ambition that we were talking about indeed about her it's also like an insane you know moonshot to think that you (laughs) you could pull that off but i can also see how they would want that because it's you know it's one of the only even vaguely plausible ways that they could somehow return to like a life in which they're not thinking someone is trying to kill them at all times right 
it, but it's also just an expression of the level of ambition for power that that has developed in this woman over the course of the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing a great job. Thanks Ozark. <laughs> Thank you Ozark. Can I just, you know, I know Netflix the people that run Netflix are probably not listening to this pod, but um just in case they are I know this is kind of the last season. It's a half season or whatever, but there's, you know, there's a half season after this and then we're done. I'm just begging you Netflix. Like, please make more shows like these and less like the shows that you've been making lately. Like we're just, we're losing these kind of shows on Netflix and yeah. we're getting replaced by much less interesting things. And I don't know if that is, you know, algorithmic based talent acquisition some sort of global market strategy uh, or, or, or just poor choices. Yeah. Um, but well, I, I still think the fine drop off of, yeah, maybe the pandemic. It just um, seems like, like all of their resources in terms of quality are going into one-off movies now. Like they, they found people who will make a good movie for them. Yeah. Um, and we, we need some more long running shows that are going to be, Sticky or short running, they can. They don't have to be. We pick this up from from some other country and 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 are dropping it into your lap. Right, I agree with that. They don't even have to be long running, like three seasons, four seasons. These that's enough for some of these shows. That but there was a time when there were so many of them that we were talking about with Mindhunter and Ozark and you know like that. Even just a couple years ago, there were four or five shows. Netflix was producing that felt like they were at least shots at this level. And uh, it's hard to think of like active ones now. Yeah. Those are, those are the things that you knew network Netflix for once upon a right. time. Yeah. And orange is the new black. Yeah. There were, there was just a yeah. ton. And um, now they're almost all gone. Right. Yep. Like I, I don't like when this show ends, I don't know like what the, um, the regular, Netflix series that you know, I mean, I'll probably right. watch another series like another Cobra Kai, but right. I'm not, but like, that's not super excited about it. Yeah, no, well, and that's fun, but that's not this, that's not on this level. No, no, and they used to make great TV, yeah. So, yep, um, so yeah, please, please go back to making you know, you know, you continue making Too Out to Handle and all the other shit that I'm sure people watch more than uh. Are you, you know, sure? That I, I mean, I, I don't guess, know. I'm not sure. Like, I think we're presuming that because they keep making them. But also, I'm not sure that many more people are watching Too Hot to Handle. I don't know. I don't know. I look at their top ten, and it's usually uh, it's a, usually a on there. Of crap. <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean when you look at the Netflix top ten, there's like there's so much like genre crap. Like yeah, but isn't that top like ten? That. You know like, what I mean? Yeah, but isn't that top ten different for everybody? Like, don't they do weird? I, th- I feel like they juke the top 10 in weird ways. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they've always been famously weird about what stats they publish and yeah. stuff. But I mean, look, I don't think like, I don't think they were making up squid game as a phenomenon. You know what I mean? So no, no, um, no, definitely not. So it's fine. There's I'm not bashing squid game. In any squid way. game was actually, like, yeah, better than a lot of the stuff yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But like, I don't know, like we can do better than money heist, right? Like, can't we? I think so, but to be fair, I've never watched a minute of it because I, I, you know, I did watch Lupin and that was good, but you didn't like it as much as I recall. I don't yeah, know, foreign language stuff, that. like, it's got to be really great or really well-received. 
which maybe yeah, means I should the, watch Money Heist. I don't know. The tricky thing about the foreign language thing is that um, the, I can't – the dubbing is really hard for me. So then I watch the subtitles. But if I watch the subtitles, it's one screen and I have to be pretty locked in. Right. And I have the same just, problem. Like, you know what I mean? I have the same problem. And it's not just – the one screen and having to be locked in it's the addition that like i also don't enjoy especially action sort of stuff as much when i have to read the dialogue yeah yeah maybe and like, like, I, like haven't, a, I haven't finished squid game for that reason it's not that i don't like squid game but it's like i just not i'm not ready to be locked in like squid game is the kind of show that i want to be able to watch casually right. you know and i can't yeah so, that, yeah um so yeah, it's uh, it's it's tricky. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm bummed out with Netflix. I want I want I want my shows back. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't need to be the old shows. Just make some make some new shows. You have so much money. Make some new shows. Amen. Um, Do you want to talk a little yeah. football before we go? Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I, I feel like at this point, me going like, well, that's the greatest we get a football, you know, I mean, like that's, that's been said. Yeah. Uh, and it was, what an incredible weekend. Yeah. I Not mean, only you know, four great games, but it really had something for everybody. It had incredible quarterback play. It had mediocre quarterback play. It had great defense. It had, you know, a young team coming up. It had old guys doing stuff. It, just a great weekend. Yeah. You know, I keep thinking back and, like, looking at these numbers um, to, like, the discussion a couple of years ago about how people were leaving the NFL because it was too political and that was a thing people were saying or whatever, and it's like... It was a lie. Yeah. It's... If anyone is telling you that people are leaving the NFL, like, just immediately tune them out. It doesn't matter what the reason that the theory is. You know what I mean? Like, this is... This is what the culture's into at this point. And I mean all the culture. It's the Everybody. one thing that, like, spans across everything. And I, look, I shouldn't say all the culture, because obviously there's people who are like, I don't like sports. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but it is insanely popular. Uh, it is the most popular thing in America by quite a bit. I think something like 95 of the top 100 television shows were NFL football games. This year. It is. The, so, the NFL And is, I think college football was like, was like three of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. The football in general, but the NFL in particular, is captures the nation's attention as much as anything other than a presidential election. Yeah. And... Um, you know, some of that are, are things like gambling and fantasy and whatever, but a lot of it is just that it's, it's just damn exciting. A lot of the, you know, no, I'm, yeah, no, I mean, at least half of the people who are watching aren't doing any of that stuff. Which, look, yeah. half of the people are, which is a lot of effing people. So don't get me wrong, gambling and fantasy is incredibly popular, but like the degree to which people watch, particularly playoff games, but even all the primetime games. It is proof that this league is wildly popular beyond any of the auxiliary stuff. People just like yeah. watching football. And it's market proof. Like, it doesn't even matter where the teams are. Um, people are going to watch them. So, uh, you know, and look, it's not perfect. Like, last week, I, I don't, did we talk football last show? I'm not even sure we did. But, like, last week's games were kind of lame. You know Most I mean? of like them that, sucked. Yeah. Most of them that sucked. That happens to do. 
Yeah. So, and portions of these games were lame too, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, a lot of the Niner Packer game. Fantastic finishes, you know? Yeah, a lot of the Niner Packer game could have been construed as boring. I found it fascinating because it's snow football with hard hitting, and that's what I grew up with. But, yeah, that's what I mean, though. It sort of had something for everyone, right? There was old school football. There was new school football. There's something in between. There's the great leadership of guys like Joe Burrow and, to be fair, Jimmy Garoppolo. And then there's, like, the weird sourpuss body language from Aaron Rodgers. There's Brady doing his thing with a ridiculous comeback. But also, we get to watch Tom Brady, Brady being, lose, which is delightful. Brady being terrible and Brady being great. All, yeah, all just like, it, it really, it, it, it ran the gamut. It really did. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, look, everybody's talking about the Chiefs-Bills game as, you know, one of the greatest games ever. It wasn't that great a game. It was, what, it was maybe the greatest fourth quarter ever. You know yeah, the I whole mean? second half was pretty good, but especially the yeah. fourth quarter. Was... But it was like a 14-14 game at the start of that fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, and, you know, it was a game that moved really fast. It seemed like both teams were running a lot of clock with drives early on, and then well, it just kind of went nuclear, you know? I mean, both teams' offenses are just really, really, really good. So, yeah, it, it, moved, that's what, it moved, tends to move faster when offenses are playing well. Um, but the way it finished was just as dramatic as could be and remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, like there's just, no, there's, that is, that's the peak of sport, right? That's like, what it's all so, about, man. Yeah. You know what and, I mean? And it's I feel like, excited. Plan for stuff and you can see it. Like, yes. That's, get better than that. that's what we love about sports. And, and I, I feel good about this weekend's matchups because they are two games that I think have pretty clear favorites, but where both underdogs are incredibly live. Like this is gonna. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I you know, um, I really like the Niners' chances. Actually, I do too. <laughs> but they're definitely underdogs, right? I mean, yeah. like yeah. they're clear underdogs. Even though they beat that team twice this year, uh, they're clear underdogs. And I also really like their chances. Just like I think the Bengals are clear underdogs against the Chiefs team that that seems to be humming right now. But like. I'm not doubting Joe Burrow's chances of going in there and making something happen. No, well, I mean, you'd be a more they won there like three weeks ago. <laughs> so, so yeah, you'd, you'd be very doubtful about their chances, right? Like, yeah, really, they can beat the Chiefs. Yeah, um, yeah. and just so, the, the moxie uh, of of that team and that quarterback has been awesome to watch. It has. I I really am enjoying the uh, Joe Burrow experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you know, it's not perfect. Like, you know, no, not necessarily always a statistical monster, although he's had some massive games this year. Um, but man, they're, they're a fun offense to watch. And he has that it thing that you were talking about. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, which I, I agree with you. I think Garoppolo has too. He just doesn't have the throws. That he's not has. as good. On, it, that's what it really is. Joe Burrow is kind of like if Jimmy Garoppolo was 20% good. better as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Because Jimmy Garoppolo, like Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, with the other attributes he has, doesn't have to physically be Mahomes or Josh Allen to be an elite quarterback, but he would have to be like 20% better than he is throwing the ball. 
Yeah. So are you going Niners Chiefs rematch? Is that your uh uh you know it's funny. I, I'm in a picks pool where it's uh we add up, you know, the, your score depends on your entire playoff performance, and I'm right in the middle of the pack. Uh and really the only way for me to sniff some money at the end of this is to go full on upset mode the rest of the way. So yeah. I'll be picking you gotta go, Cincinnati. You gotta go Bengals Niners. Yeah. yeah. Uh that said Yeah, I might pick that anyway, because like I said, I just really like the way the Bengals are playing and kind of believe in the story. And I've just seen the the Niner Ram Shanahan McVay movie too many times. Now, I will say. The way the Rams defensive line damaged Tom Brady for three quarters on Sunday gives me some pause. <laughs> Because if they can do that to Tom Brady, God knows what they'll do to Jimmy Garoppolo, especially if, you know, Trent Williams, the best offensive lineman in the league, is hobbled or not playing, God forbid. Um, but I just feel like I've seen this movie too many times to doubt Kyle Shanahan headed into Levi Stadium South. It's just, I just believe. Yeah. I mean, look, I think part of the reason that that Rams pass press was so effective was because they knew Tampa was going to throw and they could kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that you know the the Shanahan has the certainly has the ability, and the Niners play with that kind of like weird style that I think has generally kept the Rams off balance uh, and sort of prevented that sort of thing from happening. And you know, it's not it's not a genius thing to say turnovers are going to be a big factor in the in the side of the outcome of, of a football game, but I think that's going to be very true. Uh, for for both of these games this weekend, like well, I don't, if, if the Bengals are not forcing the or turning the Chiefs over, I don't see how they're going to win that game. Like you know what I mean? They, yep. they they're going to do that a couple of times. I tend to agree. Uh, and and the way I would look at it in, in the <laughs> Niners Rams game is more like both of these quarterbacks are reasonably mistake prone. Now Stafford's got a better arm. His mistake prone stuff may have to do with taking more risks. Um, but both these guys are capable of going turd and turning the ball over multiple times in a game. And like, if one of Stafford or Garoppolo does that, the other team's going to win. Like, I, I really think not even quarterback performance, but whether the quarterbacks turn it over is likely to determine Rams Niners. And I just cross my fingers that they keep the ball on the ground enough to avoid bad Jimmy turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Should be interesting to see. Now, you know, I'm going to throw you a question that I'm sure you've been asked or forced to ponder in your, your work life a ton, but if the Niners win this game, no, uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> what are you doing? What, what happens to the quarterback? Trey Lance starts week one next week, unless there's an injury which is going to be hard to happen since he's not going to play <laughs> this year. Uh, it just, there's no financial circumstance where it makes sense to be paying Trey Lance. What is, you know, a reasonable, I mean, it's a discount on a good quarterback, but like it's $10 million or something like that. He was the third pick in the draft. It, it, he's not cheap. 
like, you know, when people talk about what Seattle was able to do with Russell Wilson, like that's because he was a third rounder. Um, so spending the 10 or whatever it is on him and the 20 something on Garoppolo means like you're going to be paying the price for an Aaron Rodgers or a, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but getting the results of a Jimmy Garoppolo or essentially a, a rookie. And you can't do that. You can't do that because no matter which guy, I mean, if you just won the Super Bowl, you can't, you kind of can't, right? Can't no, you? no, because yeah. I don't think they had a good plan this year. Even if they get where they want to go in the end, I don't think they had the best plan in terms of the amount of money committed to the quarterback position forces the margins with the rest of the roster to be incredibly thin. Now, as it turns out, they got a little lucky health-wise on defense, and everyone seems to be firing on all cylinders at the same time at the right time. But it's only an incredible defense and a special teams that was bad all year making two of the biggest plays in the franchise's history that has you where you are because the quarterback play has been largely mediocre. And, and I think whichever way you go, like I have great hopes for Trey Lance in the future, but to expect him to be better than essentially mediocre on the average, like he, you're going to get to it in a very different way because there'll be more explosive plays, but there's also likely to be mistakes. So, you know, next year you are, I think you have to expect middle of the pack quarterback play at best, no matter what you do. And right. it's much easier to have that at the cost of $10 million than the cost of like $37 million. But what if you're getting a bushel of picks and, and uh, all that for a Lance? You know what I mean? Oh, you're, you can't trade Trey Lance. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> trade Trey. Yes. Jimmy Garoppolo, the main reason, even if, even if you believe that they like Garoppolo when he's on the field, He's been off the field. And even this year, he has, if you want to believe his supporters, all the times he played terribly, it's because he had an injury. So he's had like four injuries this year. And he's a tough bastard, so he's played through them a lot. But most of the time when he plays through them, he plays terribly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, look, I, I am a Lance believer. I'm closer to you in terms of what I think of these two quarterbacks. Um I don't just, even I don't even and, it's and, not even that I'm a Lance believer specifically. I just believe in the potential of any quarterback who's in Trey Lance's situation. And I believe yeah. once you make the decision to draft that guy, you have to see if that potential turns into reality or else you've done it all wrong. Now if somehow someone offered you five first round picks for Trey Lance, sure, maybe you'd take it, but that's not happening. No, no, that's not happening. But I think you get you get a decent package for him. I just the only thing I'm saying is you won't I think that recoup what you spent. It's hard to walk away from TV that just won you the Super Bowl. Yeah, know? it's hard, but they I think they would do it. I don't think they have a better so, choice. It's just too much money. Uh, yeah. In a, in a salary cap yeah. sport, they're going to have to extend Debo Samuel. They're going to have to extend Nick Bosa soon enough. They cannot afford it. It doesn't make. It's not a prudent use of money. Yeah. Well. Uh, you know, like I said, I'll defer to your expertise on that. 
we will <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And it obviously could be a moot point. It's not like the, it's not like the you know, I like the Niners, but it's not like the Rams are lying down this week. So No, and um, you know, whoever they find in the Super Bowl if they do beat the Rams will not be lying down either. But I'll say this, man. I think it's almost split. You know, 25% each way in terms of who is likely to win the Super Bowl. Like I probably give the Chiefs a slight edge over the other teams just because of their experience and their quarterback. But I see a path for all four teams. Like I don't think anyone's Super Bowl title chances are unrealistic right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I don't know if I'd say it's quite 25% for each. I'd probably put the Bengals in like the 15 to 20 range, but – yeah, but that's um, still pretty good, right? I mean, so like right. if it's that's if what the, I mean. it's still yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Maybe it's like the Bengals are 20, 25 each for Rams and Niners and 30 for the Chiefs, but like that's pretty split. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, uh and I think that's just the way the NFL wants it and I can't wait yep. to see what happens. Yeah. They did a good job this year, the uh football gods. Yeah. All right, uh should we talk on more? Yep. Um so I have to say, uh, while while we were uh, doing the show, a uh, uh, commercial came on for this Hulu. You're doing this every Tommy week Lee show. Yeah, Pam <laughs> and it's Tommy. Okay. I don't think it starts this week. I think it's okay. next, I think that'll be next week's homework. But okay. just put that in your mind. I, we're gonna watch. It's in that. my mind. It's in my mind. Yeah, okay. I'm interested. I am a little bit, shall we say, trepidatious about how they are going to handle this story. But, <laughs> I am not. I can't wait to see how they handle the story. Did you yeah. watch The Dirt? We talked about The Dirt, right, when it came out? Am I, do I, I, don't know, I feel like now. we did. The, yeah. the Motley Crue um, documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will... Uh, I don't know. The Tommy Lee story is a fascinating one to me. It is. Today. It's also like... I don't know. This The story of this relationship is... Uh, you know, violent, and um, it's one of these things in, in our society that, like, I don't know if we should love Tommy Lee as a society. Yeah, the the movie version of the dirt I felt like really. I mean, they don't you don't get Pam in the movie the dirt, right? Um, kind of cuts off, but it has a lock there, which also had some violence, and I think the movie did it didn't ignore it. But you know, there was definitely a scene, but it really shied away from it a little bit in a way that the book did not. And I don't I think this I get the sense that this show is not gonna pull any punches. So I'm I'm excited to see that. And I wanna hear you know, more of Pam's side of the story because I've heard too much of Tom. Well, know. that's the thing. I just hope that's what we get. That's what I mean by trepidatious. I would like to see Pam's mm-hmm. side of the story. Um I will say this Sebastian Stan is very convincing in the trailer. Like, I had some real, like, wait a second, is that actually Tommy Lee moments? And it's not. And, you know, you can tell. But, like, it is, It's he's a pretty dead ringer for, you know, Tommy Lee in his prime. Yeah. Yep. No. And, I, look, I don't think Machine Gun Kelly's a terrible actor, but this is a step up from that, I think. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the stuff that will be in this week's homework. Um, starting with Single Drunk Female, uh, which is a show that you suggested last week and we kind of put on the back burner. We're going to move it to the front burner this week. 
Yeah. I happened to catch a, an ad for it, uh, and I thought it looked pretty good. I'm into, I'm into this idea. Agreed. So. And we're once yeah. again shooting fish in a barrel for me because the star of Single Drunk Female, Sophia Black D'Elia, is uh, – I like her almost as much as I like uh, – now I'm going to blank – on her name from pivoting um eliza coop and ali sheedy is an old favorite so i'm uh, i'm very excited for this i don't think i know who sophia is so (laughs) yeah you know to to discover her she was in the night of so you've seen her before um but i know her from gossip girl the original gossip girl she was a uh, obviously a younger character than the, the the main lead characters back in 2012. Did you, you ever finish the remake of Gossip Girl, by the way? No, but it's on my it's on my list. It's in my it's in my queue. Same. It's one of those like, yeah, I should get back to that at some point. And I, and I plan to. Uh, she was also in the Mick, Sophia Black D'Elia, uh, with um, uh, Caitlin Olsen from. Always sunny. Oh, gotcha. Was she like one of the? She was like the daughter or whatever. Yes. Gotcha. I think I think we talked about that show on the pod and watched a uh-huh. couple of them. Saw it again. Um. All right. Uh. So we've also got a movie, The Last Duel, which was in theaters earlier this year. Back when it was really tough to get to theaters. Um. And so I don't think a lot of people saw this originally. Uh. There's a lot of buzz that it's very good, and I know that Affleck and Damon. Who wrote it with Nicole uh, Holofcener? Right, who's great? Yeah, um, and, and I believe Damon is in it. One of them is in They're it. both in it. <laughs> They're both in it. Okay. Um, uh, Damon is the lead, wanna... but Ben Affleck has a large role and is uh, formidable. I am. Uh, I'm excited to see what this is about. And you watched it already? I did watch it. Last okay. uh, yesterday, actually. All right. Uh, then there is the after party. Oh, sorry. We should say single drone female uh, airs on Freeform and Hulu. Is that right? Yeah, it's on Hulu. Uh, last duel is HBO Max. Yep. And then the after party is an Apple show. If I'm remembering that correctly. Correct. And it has a real heavy hitting cast, and looks funny. Yes, it's a lot of funny people. I think Tiffany Haddish is probably the the headliner there. Uh, but a lot of funny people that you'll recognize. Is it do you know what the what sort of the show is? I get the sense that it's kind of like trying to do murder mystery with the comedic bet. But it's a murder it's mystery, but it's uh from different perspectives. Which is funny. Uh, the last duel is also a thing from different perspectives. Um, so my understanding is that each episode, not unlike a George R. R. Martin novel, each episode is the view of the murder from someone else's experience. And some of the people in it are Tiffany Haddish and Dave Franco and Ben Schwartz and Alana Glazer and Sam Richardson who you'll definitely recognize even if you don't know offhand, and John Early, you know who's yeah. one of our favorites from yeah. uh, <clears throat> Search Party. So it, it should be really fun. Yeah. By the way, because I, I don't think we've talked about it, or I think I mentioned it at some point. 
Uh, I'm big on this new season of Search Party. So uh, yeah, I haven't gotten haven't to it that yet, but it, again, it's on my queue. Ike Barinholtz, another guy who I did not mention, who is in this show, and uh, it's it's um, it's Lord and Miller, uh, which is a, oh, yeah, that all sounds really dope. I'll be yeah, excited to watch that. A, a, a uh, pair of producers whose work you may be familiar with. They did like the Lego Movie, yep. right? Yep, and uh, a couple other things. Into the Spider Verse. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the last thing is the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Yeah. Um, which, as you can tell from the name, is a we we landed on satire, right? It's supposed to parody a satire, um, but um, not a parody. Yeah. Yeah. Of like the horror thriller where the where the housewife is drunk and or maybe on pills and witnesses a murder, but she's a little bit of an unreliable narrator, and uh, you know the mystery ensues. Uh, yep. and it stars Kristen Bell. It's executive produced by Kristen Bell and Will Ferrell. And so, uh, yeah, it seems interesting. That's, That's enough for me. Yeah. 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 So there you go. That's a, right. It's a Netflix show. Maybe Netflix is doing good shows again. Who knows? We'll tell you next week. Exactly. And look, uh, fingers crossed, maybe we'll have another wonderful weekend of football to talk about as well. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to find time to watch six Ozarks in the middle of that, but that's probably going to happen too. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be by staying up very late at night. <laughs> oh yeah that's right that's what you'll do uh, you guys Just... have a great weekend we will uh we'll, we'll talk to you then derek won't have slept because he'll have been watching ozark in the middle of the night <laughs> bye-bye this game's in the admiral refrigerator the door is closed the lights out butter's getting hard the eggs are cooling and the jello is jiggling so long everybody and do me a favor have yourself a tremendous evening